0: Pros is so confident that you'll love your results that they're offering the Already Friends listeners an exclusive trial offer so that you can see the difference custom care can make. 50% off your first subscription order at pros, P-R-O-S-E dot com slash RD friends. That's pros.com slash RD friends for your free consultation and 50% off your one of a kind formulas. Pros.com slash already friends.
1: Save big on brunch for mom all in the Kroger app.
2: Welcome back to another episode of Already Friends. This is Kara. And this is Allison. Today, we are doing our monthly segment of what would your bestie do, where you guys send in your questions or what you're going through, and we give our insight as much as possible and try to help you guys through those certain situations. Absolutely. Before we do that, we're going to catch up, to our peaks of the week, and then we will anonymously read your questions. So I'll do what I've been up to. I just wanted to bring up this funny moment on TikTok. So I was scrolling my For You page and this girl who was a full-time traveler, she travels for a living with consulting or whatnot. She had like her 11 things that she's learned from traveling nonstop for the last three years. And her number 11 was like, you know, the first one was like, don't fly these certain airlines, fly these ones. Always make sure your connecting layover is more than an hour. Just like all these different tips. And number 11 was so random. And I was going to send it to you. And I'm like, no, I'm going to stay for the podcast. Number 11 was don't sleep on Omaha, Nebraska. It's a cool ass place with good food and nice people. And I was like, wait, this is so random. This is like a viral video, but like that 11. I'm like, wait, I'm from Omaha. Oh my God. they're Right. Yeah. This girl is from like Texas, maybe.
0: I'm like, whoa. That makes me so happy. Yeah. Okay. Kind of related to that. I went to dinner with my dad the other night and he does home mortgage loan lending. And he was saying in Omaha right now, there's about 3,500 real estate agents. And as of last week, there was only 230 homes on the market here. Like that's how much it's blowing up. I'm telling you, as we always say, Omaha is the next Portland or Denver. Like it's really happening, but it's crazy to have like grown up here. And it have had such like an undesirable, I don't know, perception for so long. And now seeing Mm -hmm. a viral TikTok, like don't sleep on Omaha,
2: Nebraska. It's like, okay, we got some city city pride here. Yeah. Like, I just feel like I never hear bad things about Omaha from people who aren't from Omaha. Like, you know, Mm -hmm. you and me or like people from our high school can joke and be like, Omaha sucks. Like, but it's not like people that are not from here, like people outside of here, I know someone who had like a year nurse, traveling nurse residency in Omaha. And they like, they're like, oh my gosh, yeah, it's so underrated. Like it gets slept on because I don't know, there's lots to offer. Like the food is really good and affordable. Like you're going to get some really nice meals for really good prices I think the city is very open to doing new things and growing. I feel like that's where you're going to see a lot of like these Midwest cities. Like you're going to see who does well and who doesn't based on like who's willing to grow and do new things. I feel like St. Louis is very much loves that they're old and loves that they're preserving Mm -hmm. what they have. And I can like feel... I feel like that's why if you were gonna compare Kansas City, which is like another city in Missouri, I'm like I'm not sure how familiar people are from <laughs> our you know, our international listeners, Saint Louis, Missouri, Kansas City, Missouri, two big cities, like Kansas City is way more doing new things, growing. Mm-hmm. And I feel like St. Louis is just like sticking with what they do. Like, I got that vibe not, when I visited you. Like very yeah, traditional. Yes. And I feel like it's why Kansas City and places like Omaha are going to be booming and growing. Because I don't know. Yeah. Like,
0: they're just yeah. more willing to like open those trendy coffee shops and like have more diversity in like music and culinary offerings and just yeah, being more open-minded.
2: Yeah. So if you guys need to knock off Nebraska off of your 50 states list, go to Omaha. It's definitely worth your time, I feel like. But I will say, we're not going to gasp at Omaha too much so I'll bring a con. The Omaha airport needs an updating. Like that is in dire, dire need. Okay, it's kind of cute though, because it is cute.
0: I put this on my story. I went from being in my kitchen to sitting at my gate in 28 minutes. So I mm-hmm. drove from my apartment to long-term parking, parked. The shuttle came over to me, picked me up, drove me over to the airport. I went and checked in. I didn't even check in in advance. Went up, went to through security, got a cup of coffee and sat down in 28 minutes. Like that is unheard of. Yes. So even though it yes. does need a facelift, low-key, I'm like, okay, but then will it make it more complicated? Because it's so nice to just get in and get out.
2: <laughs> yeah, eyes closed. Going to the airport, amazing. 10 out of 10. Eyes open. I think I'm in the Joker movie with uh, Joaquin Phoenix. Like everything's yellow and it looks like the 70s and a little scary. <laughs> like the walls downstairs on the main floor or like yellow. It's, it's just true. Okay, do you want to hear a little up, strange? A funny story with this though. My friend <laughs> yes. literally
0: missed his flight out of Omaha to an international country last week because he went to the wrong gates, and there was only two gates. There's the A wing and there's the B wing. <laughs> no. <laughs> and he didn't realize that there was like two. I guess so. He like yeah. went through the wrong one, and then was like, "Wait, <sighs> like where's my flight?" Like didn't notice. But it's just
2: hilarious because it's like it is so small. It's so small, (laughs) which you would think would be a little bit bigger because Omaha sounds like it's a really small place, but it's not that small. Like I think there's at least half a million people. Yeah. Probably a million of all around Omaha too. Yeah. The greater area. But yeah I had another funny story someone I was with dinner at last Wednesday told me that they flew through New York and Omaha within a week and in New York they were like sobbing crying because the TSA agent was like yelling at them their friend's name was had like their middle initial like added to the end which just happened to me before like instead of it saying Kara D it said like Carad I guess happened to her friend mm. like and the TSA agent like wouldn't let them through which that was like the airline's fault like the airline printed their middle name with their first name and like they ended up almost Missing their flight because they had to like run back to the gate agent, and the gate agent had to reprint their ticket without their middle name attached to it. And then the next week they flew through Omaha, and like the TSA agent was like cracking a joke and like smiling, and she was like literally the difference in like how I was treated. It's just like so Midwest, we're so New York and so Nebraska. Nice. That is a so. good representation. Yeah, I love
0: that we just gas up Omaha, and we have people literally listening in like Australia and like in Europe, and they're probably like girls we it's what so no it's
2: all about perspective
0: guys come on thanks for letting us hype up our little nebraska city
2: it's not us we're just repeating what other people said
0: but anyway okay so you that was a good omaha funny small world tiktok any other yes catching up life things no, what's your funny story? Okay, taking it back to what was this episode six with uh, Corey and Logan, and we were oh my ta- god, and we were talking about yeah. the mice, right?
2: And how or Logan and Chris, yeah, what did I call them? Corey, Corey and Logan, <laughs> oh, <not> shit, <laughs> they're they're also a duo. We also love Corey and Logan. Okay, so
0: we were talking about mice in that episode, and <laughs> the mouse that was living in their apartment in New York, and that whole thing, and. I definitely was just letting them tell that whole story in that episode. But now that it's been a full year and the scarring has worn off, I can tell my mouse story from my apartment (laughs) last year because everyone that's good friends with me knows all about this. But last year, December, January, February, I had this mouse for a roommate and we literally named him Gilbert because he was so much a part of our lives. Like he was so ballsy. Most mice, you know, like scurry off and they're afraid. Oh my God, this guy, Clay (laughs) and I would be like watching a movie and he would just like sneak out and like try to like join movie night. Like he would just walk out on the floor. And I'm like, dude, Gilbert, like go away. Like it was literally like a dog. And <laughs> <Wow>. <laughs> he started like eating our like bar soap though. And he got into Peach's dog food and ate all of it. So I mean, uh-huh. obviously I didn't want the mouse in there, but like they're kind of hard to kill. And we had traps out, but he was just persevering. He wanted to be alive. And then I started to grow irritated though, because he was messing some <laughs> stuff up and chewing things. So one day, I think it was about a February 10th or something last year. I was like, nah, Gilbert's going down today. I'm over (laughs) it. Like, we're going to catch this guy. Like, and I feel bad because it's like, you're like killing this animal. But I was like, dude, he needs to get out of our place. And the way our apartment is set up is like there's the two bars below. So I think it's easier for them to like get in on the ground level downstairs and then work their way up through the walls. And so (laughs) he was but mostly this is maybe why I was not I was not okay with it, but he was mostly sleeping under in our sunroom under the wood floor, like basically outside. Outside, yeah. And so I put all of these sticky traps out there and he loved chocolate. So I got these, it was around Valentine's Day. So I got these little chocolate hearts and I stuck them in the middle of the sticky pad. And I come out to the porch or the sunroom one day. And his feet are stuck on this sticky pad, and he was so scared that he had pooped himself all over the pad, <laughs> but was still eating the chocolate. I have a video. This guy was so big. Like, I know everyone's like, I had a rat. He was like, I mean, for sure, probably like seven inches. Like, he was eating good at our household because he was eating all of the dog food. And so finally that day, it was the Gilbert's last day, but he was so strong and so big that he actually ripped his arm off the sticky pad. And it was bleeding and he was still eating. This man was disgusting. And he had slid the sticky pad underneath the um, pole of our of a chair that was out there. And so it's the sticky pad stuck to the bottom of it. So while he was on there flailing around, I had to yank the foot of the chair off the sticky pad and then put him into like a grocery Thick. sack and yeah. tie it off and took him out to the dumpster. So I didn't technically kill him. Maybe he suffocated. I don't know. But he got to eat chocolate for his last meal. He was very happy. Anyway, so fast forward to this year. And like a month ago, I'm, I had baked some cookies and they're like, they were sitting in the kitchen and I was sitting on the couch and I hear some sounds come from the kitchen and I'm like, oh, hell no. We have a mouse again? Like, are you kidding me? Like, I thought we had made it like through the whole cold part of the winter. So I was like, dope. We didn't get one this year. Like, how awesome. And I knew. And so I get up and immediately turn the light on to go over there. And he tried to run with the fucking cookie and pulled it off (gasps) of the cookie pan and it flew. And then he like went into this Like whole. There's it's insane how small they could be. Cause now I'm like, I'm not afraid. So I like wrote a note to Clay (laughs) and I was like, I'm gonna get this guy. So I got out like a five-gallon bucket and I built a ramp of books. And then I put chocolate down in there so that I could be like, oh no, we're getting this guy like day one. And I like wrote a note to Clay and was like, hello, good morning. We have a mouse again. Don't mind my traps around the place. Like we're going to get him." And he writes back and he was like, oh no, not another Rupert. Even though the old guy's name was Gilbert, he thought it was Rupert. So now this new one was Rupert. and." Yes. That was he was probably around for like a week. And then when Clay and I went to Clay's CrossFit competition in Des Moines, Clay had left out this huge, like, I don't know, probably two gallon bag of his pre-workout stuff on the counter. Or and so we come back from the trip. And Rupert had eaten through the bottom of this pre workout. Like it had like spewed out. He like nibbled off the whole bottom, but he died. I think because he had a fucking heart attack oh. because he ate like so much pre workout. So, my advice for anyone that has mice, pre workout, because I think that it's <laughs> like a little body. Like, oh my
2: combusted. God. It literally gave him a heart attack. Yeah. But mm. foolproof. Where did you find him? Dead. Mm-mm. Thank God, but I was
0: worried that it would start smelling because I'm sure he's like I don't know in some hole or wall or crack. Because I've read online with those box ones, you gotta mm-hmm. check if they're in there. Ew, I know, I know. So I was that's why I, I didn't want to use those because I was like I if I if I get him, I want to know I got him so I have like the mm-hmm. peace of mind and I don't want to like check inside that thing anyway. So sh- to anyone that has or had mice. Good luck. I feel like it's like this thing that no one talks about when, like,
2: 100% of people have had a mouse at some point. No, we definitely had a mouse like literally yesterday.
0: (laughs) That's what I mean. Like, why is everyone, it's not like it's your fault that your house is 90 years old and you have a
2: mouse. Like, yeah, no, ours was also a little, it's like so rude. You are coming into my house uninvited and then you're pooping everywhere. (laughs) Like, at least just or like a leading secret about it. <laughs> no, we definitely had a mouse problem this winter too. Like when we came back from Christmas, like we came home and Margot's dog food had a hole on the bottom. We're like, uh oh. No. And we'd wake up every morning and there'd be like poop places. But I think we finally got rid of our little Stuart situation. We've got Stuart, we've got Gilbert, we've got Rupert. <laughs> yeah. Like, can Three these little mans <laughs> not come in here? It's really gross. It is. Anywho, peaks of the week is that I finally got over my mouth situation. <laughs> um I'll do my peak really quick. I. I don't feel like I talked about my new couch that I ordered for my sunroom. I like think I talked about ordering it and then I was waiting for it. But I feel like my peak is that I'm really hanging out in the sunroom a lot more, getting the sun, sitting on this like really comfy couch. It's like so soft. And I have like this little laptop stand that I got from Urban Outfitters. And like I can put my feet through, you know, when you're like working on your laptop and you like tuck your knees up and then like your knees start to hurt. Highly recommend a laptop stand. Like it has a little side thing where I can put some papers or like put my water bottle in and then I can like prop my laptop up. Like I'm comfy. I'm working from home in style, comfy, cozy. So yeah. I love that for you. What color is the couch? (laughs) The couch is white. It's like the white teddy bear. (gasps) Like, yeah, fabric. Oh I want to it's see so it. so soft. Are you waiting yeah. to debut a picture of it online? Well, the thing is, it did not come with stands. Like, you, it's sitting on the floor. Like, there's no, like, feet on it. And we need to order some stands, but they were sold out on, because I ordered them from PVT, and they weren't going to get them till April. Well, now it's like, okay, I could have just got them now. But we also were like, let's just build these stands. Like, it's literally just a box of wood. And Connor's dad builds houses for a living. And has his, you know, house business and Connor knows how to build stuff. He built my bed frame in college for my room. Cause I lived in like this attic room where like, you could not like bring up a bed frame. You had to like, he like built it and then put it together up in that loft, which I'm sure that bed frame is still there. Like I was like, if the girl was moving in after me, I'm like, you gotta let me know if I'm taking this. Cause it has to come apart with like a screwdriver and like all that stuff. So yeah, I think we're just going to build these, build these platforms. So I think I want to wait to share a picture until it's like a little lift it up because it's it's pretty short but it's very cute and comfy
0: sweet well I'll look forward to it I can't not make a comment about Indie Blue sharing the picture of Seven going to town with the black marker on her chair oh my
2: god did you see that jail yeah yeah yeah. it was so cute (laughs) I know Margo's not allowed on this couch like if she wants to come in this room I like put a blanket over it because I I don't want any dog hair on it like I don't want her paws on it. She's more than welcome on the brown poop couch downstairs because, <laughs> like, nothing's going to show on there. And she gets, like, so mad. We we totally, like, let her on the couches, which I know is, like, a bad habit. My mom does not let, like, or my parents' dogs on the couches. But, like, Connor and I just like to cuddle with her. I'm sorry. So she gets really mad when we're in this room. So I'm like, fine. I will put a blanket on it. So you can sit here. On it, yeah. You needy little brat. <laughs> I was gonna say, I'm such a
0: pushover. Peaches like lives on our couch, sleeps with I know the bed every night. she's so small. And like you said, yeah. I wanna like cuddle her and like pet her.
2: Yeah. Like, why have a dog if you can't cuddle them? Like, yes, I'm gonna let my dog in the bed. I'm sorry. Exactly. Okay, really quick.
0: My peak of the week is my stepbrother just out of nowhere bought me a book from an author that he thought I would really recommend or would really enjoy. And he just mailed it to my apartment, didn't say anything. And we have this like code language that we speak. I'm not even going to say it because it's not going to make sense. And it's just an inside joke. But he put the, what do you call it? Return name thing as like part of our like code speak. And so I immediately knew like it was from him without him even saying anything. And I opened it and was like, oh my God, a book. Like I just, it was so unexpected and so awesome. And I read it Uh, on my trip and I finished it and it's called Teamwork by Natalie Dawson I think she's either like the wife or the fiance of Grant Cardone he's like one of those like big billionaire entrepreneur like hustle money go get them guys but Mm -hmm. she was giving all of the I don't know insights of what she's learned about building a team and business and it was so good for me to read because I've just kind of been scarred after my last employee of hiring anyone ever again and I know Like I used to manage so many people at my former jobs and like it was okay. But I think I got in my head of, well, I like didn't make a very good hire. So now I'm like afraid to hire someone else. And like with the way New Wave is kind of set up in my apartment, I've just been wary to like have another person so much up in my space. And it's been a really good perspective shift of like, okay, that's fine. If you want to be like a solo entrepreneur or business owner, like that's great. But if you want to like grow and scale, you're going to have to let go of that control. So I highly recommend to anyone who has their own business or is starting something, especially if you haven't hired anyone yet, or if you have kind of a small team, she just gives so many good insights on how to make good hires, how to keep people, how to structure your business of like making your mission statement and your vision and your core values. So on my little notion pages at the top, I have them for like my Instagram, my TikTok, New Wave, the podcast, and it's so helpful. And she made such a good point that I've never thought of before, which is... Is pretty much every entrepreneur starts a business like for themselves essentially because you're like I mm-hmm. want freedom or like I kind of want to do this thing or this is like my hobby and she's like that's great for you and yourself internally that can be why you're in business but she's like outwardly you have to serve a customer need and you have to have mm-hmm. a mission that is for your customers and clients and that was very helpful for me to hear like oh yeah new wave doesn't just exist so I can have a cute store with thrifted clothes and like of course I want other people to to have cool thrifts and come enjoy the space. But mm-hmm. I have to remember, like outwardly, this business is to serve a need. It's not for me. Yes. And I just, I don't know, it's been really invigorating and in helping me think about things, giving me a little boost of business advice. So that Finishing that, getting the book and finishing it was definitely my
2: peak of the week. Amazing. And then what's the name of the book? Do you want to link it? Yeah, I'll link it. It's called Teamwork by Natalie Dawson. Oh, amazing. All right. Well, let's get into your guys' peaks of the week. Kate said, went to breakfast with my friends and caught up on our busy lives. That's always the best feeling. Reconnecting with those friends, just hearing what everyone's up to. Hope you had a great time. Maddie said, met some new gal pals and we
0: were planning to go surfing every Saturday morning. What a dream. That sounds amazing.
2: Wow. That does sound amazing. Georgina said, applying for my first job as a physiotherapist. Woo! hope you get the job you want and so excited for you to start your career.
0: Shop The Clear Co. said, more travel this year, visited my sister in Los Angeles last week and headed to Colorado this weekend. Love that. I feel like everyone's, we didn't travel too much the last two years and people are like, okay. I'm ready. Let's go. Got the travel bug
2: again. Yeah. And like you said, in the Romanticizing Your Life episode, episode 59, it just feels like the world's like less serious now. And I feel like everyone is just ready to go have fun, go play, go do fun stuff like that. So.
0: Absolutely. And doesn't mean that
2: that, like bad things
0: aren't still happening or that the world is still unsure. It is. But I think people are kind of realizing like, well, I can either dwell on that or I can just try to make my little corner of my life
2: a little bit lighter yeah there's unfortunately just always you know gonna be bad things happening there always has been so you're right just don't feel like you have to always bear the weight on. of the world yeah yeah that was our peaks of the week so make sure to send yours in to possibly get featured and now we will read
0: anonymously your, some of your guys' submissions. If you for sure want to get your submission read, join our Patreon page, patreon.com slash friends. We do try to pull and prioritize those questions, but we'll read some from our Instagram
2: question box that we put up as well. Great. I guess we can start out with our first one. The question was, what do you do when you feel so drained and alone? I feel like I take one step forward and two steps back when working on myself and trying to heal. I'm a grad student, and I know I have so many people who love and support me, but sometimes I just feel lonely in my journey. I have a good answer for this, I think. Go for it.
0: For me personally, when... I kind of want to isolate and it's funny because there's a TikTok sound. It's like the millennial urge to self-isolate until you figure your whole life out. I think we feel so much pressure because we feel like our lives are on display like with social media. So there's this instinct of like, okay, well, I can't see anyone and I like need to be lonely until everything is perfect and I get my life figured out and I have all the answers and then I can go hang out with people. And the more that you kind of get in your own little bubble, it's easy to just like trip with like what's going on in your own mind and you forget that we're literally all in this together and we're all going through stuff and other people are lonely. So if we keep arm barring everyone and not tapping into those relationships with our loved ones, then that's just going to keep making you feel even more and more alone. And Jordan and I were deeply talking about this. I almost feel like this warrants a whole podcast episode of having her on, but we were talking about how, I don't even want to say like the whole healing industry can be a little toxic to the point where you just Feel like you have to achieve this end result of healing. And like you're highly recommend listening to the Spotify song by Tony Jones called Healing Is Not My Purpose. And we all have things that we need to heal. We all have trauma. We've all had stuff happen, but you're not going to figure it out overnight. You're not going to just journal out quickly the answer. Like you have your whole life to sort through these lessons and these things to unpack and just give yourself like some grace we've all messed up we all have anxiety about things we've done we all you know have people who have hurt us or wish things could have gone a little differently but that's just like that's what life is it's part of the pendulum like it swings from really good to really bad and like that middle ground balance is like where we're going to be but you're never going to have the light without the dark and the dark without the light. I don't know. Yeah.
2: Yeah. Like you are enough with whatever stage you're Mm -hmm. at trying to work toward that end goal. Like you said, it's not going to happen overnight. It might not happen for years. Mm -hmm. So try to focus on enjoying the process and enjoying where you're at because yeah, exactly who you're showing up as right now is enough. enough. You don't need to be whatever image you have in your head of what you'll be when you're healed or when you're ready to be like the best version of yourself. That's so true. I really like that insight. I think going back to the feeling drained part and feeling so alone, I feel like that kind of just ties back into self-awareness, but not self-awareness of, you know, how you are around other people and how other people react to you, but more like self-awareness of what fills your cup. Because what might help me when I'm feeling drained is going to be completely different than what's going to help Allison or any other person for what they're, when they're feeling drained. Cause I feel like I've realized that when I'm feeling alone and drained for me, I like putting myself out there and like hanging out with people. And then my cup is refilled, like as just an extroverted person when I'm feeling like really drained and alone or just when I'm feeling really drained, it's because I'm probably stuck in my house for the last week or like really into work. And even on the weekend, I maybe I just decide to stay in when I know that I Should put myself out there and like reach out to friends, see what they're doing. Because I've just learned over the years that I feel amazing after I get lunch with someone or coffee with someone or dinner with friends. Like I just love recharging my batteries that way. But for someone else, it might be they do need to stay in and maybe they're going out way too much or meeting up with people way too much. And that's what's causing them to be drained. So I think just really thinking about what fills your cup and just taking note of when you are feeling a little bit better and then trying to tap into that is my best advice for that. Perfect.
0: Okay. The next question is, how
2: do I get over
0: my workaholism and analysis paralysis?
2: That is so tough because our society definitely benefits people who are workaholics and put in, you know, the seven to 10. I don't even know what the hours would be, but not nine to five. I've never been a workaholic. So (laughs) I just do what I need to do on the hours that I'm there and I go enjoy life. Do you have any perspective on that one? Ooh,
0: I was like I should not read this one because um I'm it's almost like I submitted this question. <laughs> <laughs> yes. Well, definitely both of my parents are workaholics and probably mm-hmm. my sister too and myself. Like we I do think some of that is like a Midwest like you work hard type of thing and it's just part of our personalities mm-hmm. and maybe we were talking up Omaha so much. So maybe a little, this person I know who asked this is also from the Midwest. Some cultures, like going down to Mexico City that have patios out and people are riding bikes and there's parks everywhere and the culture glorifies downtime and just... Going outside and being free and so many big U.S. cities, and I know this is a thing around the world. Like you said, they do prioritize that and they mm-hmm. glorify it. And then when everyone starts to do it, then it makes you feel like, wow, everyone I know is working so hard all the time. Mm-hmm. I have to keep up. And yeah, it can, it can
2: really beat you down. Mm-hmm. I feel like the first thing I'm thinking is just breaking down what the whole puzzle of being a workaholic is, like, Is it that you're having to log on to work or go to work so early and you're staying so late? Like, I think you need to break down what you can control And then find out if you can like move some boundaries around or set different boundaries. Like, is this a self-imposed workaholism? Like, are you just being a workaholic because that's your personality? Or is this like your actual job requiring you to be a workaholic? Mm -hmm. Because if it's your actual job requiring you to be a workaholic, that's a whole different way worse scenario than just you being a workaholic. Because if you're just a workaholic, that's just your personality. You can easily instill some new habits, add some things to your schedule, move things around to fix that. But if it is your job, that's asking way too much of you or asking you for an arm and a leg every single day. Maybe that's something where you need to take a step back and be like, do I need to look at new jobs? Do I need to switch? Do I need to make a career shift? Because you're supposed to work to live, not live to work. You know? Absolutely.
0: Piggybacking off of that, I actually was thinking about this yesterday when I was walking peaches. Like what is the main reason that people work maybe a little more than they need to? Like everyone kind of has that something. And for me, I was like, you know, it really is to travel. Like I love that I can have cute stuff in my apartment and extra healthy groceries or whatever. But for me, like the number one driving reason that I'm like going to go the extra mile, work harder is so that I can take more trips. And then mm-hmm. I need to like reflect and be like, okay, well, once you get to that point where you can afford to take the trips that you want to afford and that cup is full, like, do we really need to be working any more than that? Like, if that is fulfilled. And so maybe for someone else, it's like, they're trying to work really hard to buy a car or pay off their student loans. So it's just important to have that goal and then be like, okay, I'm working towards that. And then maybe once I reach that, I can let off the gas a little bit or plot out how long it's going to take me so I don't feel like I'm in this perpetual workaholic cycle for the rest of my life. Like you should be doing this so that there's some relief after. Like before, people worked 40 years or whatever it is before retirement so that they could have that green light at the end of the tunnel of, well, then in my retirement, I can just chill. And I don't Mm -hmm. think a lot of our generation is like that as much. I don't know if we think we're going to grow older or we're not as concerned about (laughs) 85-year-old us or what it is. So maybe just looking like a couple years out. and. Mm -hmm being like, do I need to grind this hard or is everything going to be
2: okay? Yeah, and again, I would reevaluate, is it the company culture that's making me be a workaholic? Because Karen, my coworker, is like doing the workaholic thing and she's getting promoted faster than me. Uh, There's like plenty of companies out there that will let you do things at a normal pace. Like, and you deserve to feel like you're not being taken advantage of and just being another number in the company that's like working like crazy. So do you have any thoughts about
0: analysis paralysis?
2: Yes, I can definitely (laughs) more relate to that. Just overthinking things. I feel like reading a book on habits could be a really good tip for this. Like we've mentioned atomic habits or the power of habit because I think you get into overthinking things from something that like triggers that, like maybe feeling like someone's mad at you or feeling like there's better options. I feel like if you're overthinking things, try to figure out what's like triggering that, like what's cueing you to go into a spiral of overthinking things and work with that. It's probably stemming from a fear of something, maybe like a fear of putting yourself out there, a fear
0: of something going wrong, a fear of what other people are going to think of you.
2: Yeah. Then I would just say, try to figure out what's causing that. And if it is something like fear or anxiety, try to read one of those how books and maybe even try to read a book about presence. I've always said The Power of Now is a really good book for this. That has really stopped my overthinking because when you're overthinking, you're literally doing the opposite of being present. So if you can focus on getting present, I feel like you can really slow down a lot of the chitter chatter that's in your head that isn't real. It's not real.
0: The mountain is you, is a good book for that too. She just talks about, I think the subtitle of the book is like, this is a book about getting over self-sabotage or something Mm. along those lines. And a lot of it is kind of just based on our own limiting beliefs and our own fears and getting over those fears. Because ultimately, I think analysis paralysis is just caused by a fear of some undesirable outcome. So in our head, we build it up to be worst case scenario, which is then going to stop us from doing it. And it's nice that our brain is like preparing us for the worst, but like how likely is it that worst case scenario is ever going to happen? So you can think that you can be like, okay, well that, yes, that would be absolutely horrible if that worst case scenario thing happened, but snapping back to the present and being like, you know, it's probably not going to though. So I yeah. can let go and I can just get started and move forward
2: because it's all going to work out and it's going to be okay. Now that you are saying that something that I used to be really bad at, especially with like producing shoots when I was first starting out was analysis paralysis when things went wrong and I would freak out and be like, well, I should have called this place or like, why did you drop this? Because now we broke this and now we can't do this, this X, Y, Z. And I would just like spiral and I had a lead producer, Oliver, pulled me aside once and he was like, Kara, it already happened. So there's literally no reason to keep talking about why it shouldn't have happened. We just have to move on. And like ever since then, I've gotten so much better about spiraling when shit goes wrong because I just sit there and I'm like, it already happened. There's nothing you can do about it. So you, you can just got to keep moving moving forward. forward. Yeah. Looking on our question sheet, the next question was, how do I stop thinking so far ahead? I feel like I'm only working toward the future. I think we can hit that question with this answer too, because I think the problem of thinking so far ahead is directly related to like getting more mindful and present. And I think looking into meditation could be like really one of the best ways that you can stop thinking and worrying about the future. That was just like something that I had worried about too, like worrying about the future, like what my life looks like. And I feel like The best thing that I did was like try to get more mindful and grounded because once you realize that a lot of your anxiety is worrying about the future and a lot of your depression is thinking about the past, you can come to that middle ground and look at the future in a healthy way. Because there are things that you should worry about in your future, like saving money for retirement or making sure that you're going to accomplish your career goals, like staying on track with your goals, but overthinking is where I think meditation, mindfulness will really, really help you.
0: Yeah, it'll help ground you. And it is hard. Meditation is really hard. I think it does get a little bit glorified as being like this easy, beautiful thing. And I feel like yoga kind of gets that same rap of like, oh, it's just always fun, easy and limber. And it's tough to like, stop your thoughts from spiraling and to breathe and slow down because so much of our culture is, go, 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 go. What's next? What's next. So Mm -hmm. to be able to put all of that aside and just be in your body for a minute, five minutes, 30 minutes, whatever you can do. And it's going to be like anything else. Or when you start off, you're probably not going to be able to do it as long, but you'll grow and it'll get easier. And just like anything else, there's going to be days where you can meditate for 30 minutes and the next day, 30 seconds is like impossible.
2: Mm -hmm.
0: There's one day at a time. And I think the pandemic also reminded us of that, of we can plan so much for the future, but life's crazy. The unexpected, because things happen, none of us could have ever predicted that we would be where we are right now. So it's a good reminder to just be present.
2: Life is here and now. Mm -hmm. There's no guaranteed tomorrow. We're extremely lucky to wake up every day. So which reminds me of such a good TikTok that I'll link that everyone needs to watch about how lucky we are to like wake up every day. Such a good reminder. The
0: next question is, I need advice on moving back home in with my parents after college. Well, we both did this. (laughs) Yeah,
2: lucky you. We are very well
0: versed in this topic. And... I will say it wasn't great for me. Like my parents are awesome. I just am an independent person. And after living on your own for a while and just getting to do whatever you want to do and not worrying about someone worrying about you is so different. And my parents were like super chill. It's not like they were asking what I was all doing or like we had this curfew or anything. So I was very blessed that it was a best case scenario moving back in. They were really generous. I just felt like I was intruding on their space. And I do think that that is something to note that our parents have done so much for us our like entire lives. Even if your parents were not that awesome, like they still sacrificed a lot and- parents are just kids that had kids and sometimes they might have had you earlier than they could or should or whatever and life happens. But personally, I think that we should also consider that our parents are people too, that they've worked really hard and they're also working at their jobs and they have their life and their friends and moving back in with them, even though it's a very gracious offer and they are excited just to be respectful that it is a two-way street. They, If you mm-hmm. want the respect from them, And you also need to give the respect to them that like this is their home that you're coming back into when maybe they mentally thought that you weren't going to do that again.
2: (laughs) Yeah, I think with any living situation and I wish I could have done this more with my roommates is just before you move in, sit down and set the boundaries and set the expectations of what every party is expecting from each other. Like if your parents are expecting you to be home By a certain time and to check in with you, maybe make sure it's expressed that you will do that or that you don't want to do that. Or if there is certain tasks at the home at the home that you need to be taking on, like, okay, if you're moving in, you need to do laundry or you need to do this, this Mm -hmm. and this. Just make sure it's all communicated, because I feel like at the root of all roommate or parents living at home, living at home with your parents issues are communication-based. So I think just get super, super clear on what the expectations are before you move in. Totally agree with that. And
0: maybe like the duration, like is this, Mm -hmm. are you staying with them until you find a full-time job, until you're moving to that city you're going to move to, until your next lease starts? But I think... For both parties, it's good to maybe have some type of general parameter or time frame Mm -hmm. if you're saving up for a house, just so you don't get complacent on whatever goal that you're working towards. Because once you move back in, it might be easier to maybe not work as hard or do whatever because you're like, oh, the bills are paid, yeah, yada, yada, yada. And then you can kind of fall into a slump because you're,
2: I don't know not Mm -hmm. working towards whatever you're working towards. Or that could be the nagging of, when are you going to move out? When are you going to get your own place? Like, was it communicated that you were thinking this was going to be like a three-year thing and they thought it was going to be like a six-month thing? Or vice versa, you want to move out and your parents like, no, you should stay. You should save money. And they're like guilting you into staying. Yeah, make sure it's all clear about how, or if you just don't know, make sure it's okay that you just don't know. So I love love that tip on the duration. I feel like that was a good insight.
0: Okay. Similarly related to the college life, in the midst of dropping out of my sorority, what do I do next? I'd also like your opinion on dropping out of a sorority. What do you think? Because you were the president. So I what know. do you say? Because I'm sure some girlies came up to you trying to drop. I mean, how could they with Kara
2: as their president? But how could you leave when my <laughs> reign was still going on? How dare? No, I love the sorority life. So I, it's always sad. People want to drop. But like, it's not personal. Like, obviously, people have their own stuff going on. Not everyone is meant to be in a sorority. Like, you know, like, it's a lot of people. It's a lot of, I mean, truly responsibilities. Like, there are things that are asked of you. That was the one thing that I tried to do when I was president. Like I did not care if like people didn't come to stuff. I was never like the crazy person that was like, if the juniors and seniors don't do their pumping hours for homecoming, pumping a whole other thing, like they're not going to get to go to the dances. I'm like, okay, no, like people are literally about to go leave for the real world. And, they and need you to focus want them to stick tissue paper onto a piece of wood. Yeah, yeah for a float, a home <laughs> thing float. Like, no. But I think, you know, you've made the decision. That's awesome. Like, yeah, again, it's not for everyone. It's expensive. Like, there's a lot that goes on with it. What would I, what would I do next? If? you're in the situation where all of your friends have come from your sorority, that's going to be really tough. Like, I'm going to be completely honest with you because they're going to keep going to chapters Mm -hmm. or they're going to keep going to lunch at the house. And if those are your only friends, you're really going to feel like a little left out. So I would say tap into those friendships that you've made outside of your sorority. And if you are a freshman or you're going to be going to college soon, I highly, highly recommend if you're interested in joining Greek life to spend your entire first year making friends outside of your sorority because your sophomore, junior, and senior years, like you're probably going to spend a lot of time with your sorority members, especially if you move into house sophomore year or junior year. So make that whole first year of the year where you have like all of your friend group is like people from different sororities or people on your floor. Like my whole entire freshman year, my friend group was my dorm floor and Then throughout the whole rest of the years, like if I was maybe going to consider dropping out, I have all these other friends and I have this whole other friend group that is not even related to my sorority or, you know, try to get involved in other activities, try to hang out with people that are in your college. I think it's just about getting involved and putting yourself out there, which is harder than, you know, it's easier said than done. But try to find maybe something to like fill that time chunk, because I feel like that's a huge chunk that you're just mm. completely cutting out. Maybe it's getting another job, like getting a job. I think, you know, working at a bar or a restaurant in college is a whole nother culture. That's like a whole nother social sorority,
0: group. basically. Yeah. Yes, it is. College so, bars are their own frat, basically. Yes. <laughs> yes. Give, give us your insight. What are your thoughts here? As someone who badly wanted to drop freshman year, because I thought this is so expensive and I'm pretty rebellious and I hate having someone telling me what to do. And I'm like, I have to show up and I have to wear a dress. Like, I hate doing this stuff. Why? Like... Can't Mm -hmm. I just come if I want to come and like skip things? And I ended up talking to one of the older girls and I was like, yeah, I'm going to drop. And she was like, will you please, please just stick it out like through the semester? I like, I think you'll end up really loving it and it will be good for you. And it can be really frustrating the first year as you're trying to like find the right people in the house. Cause even within the sorority, there's like sub friend groups. And I had friends in that, in my house that were like the party girls. And I had some that were like the workout girls. And then some that were always at the library. So I never really identified well like with one set group. I was kind of always mm-hmm. bopping around, which the first year felt kind of lonely because I was like, wow, all of these people have their little clicks and like I'm not in any of the groups. But then I started to realize, like, no, that's fun because I have my work friends at the bar and I have my roommates, my freshman roommates that were all in other houses and I can hang out with them. And then I can as you were saying, like spread yourself across. Mm -hmm. And funny enough, then I ended up living in the house for two years and I absolutely loved it. Mm -hmm. So give it time. Like if you're in a financial position and maybe you're just like feeling unsure, I would say like stick it out a little longer. But if you're just like, nah, I'm over it. It's not for me.
2: Then that's fine too. Yeah. Uh, That's good insight for sure. I think we can do one more question and wrap up. I'm almost finished with grad school and I'm not sure if it's the career path I want to do anymore. SOS what should i do this happens a lot yes, it's really my,
0: tough my immediate thoughts are i don't think you're alone in that everyone kind of panics like that senior year you kind of start to have this like fear of better options and just this overwhelm like, oh my God, this is the one thing I decided to do with my life. Like, holy shit, everyone else is doing all of these cool things. And like, why did I s- decide to do this one thing when I was 19? And do I even really like this? Is this what I love? But just remember that like a career in your work choice is a part of your life. It's not your whole life and you can change it. Like you already maybe went through all that school and whatever. And since you maybe don't know what that next step is, that doesn't mean that you need to divert time tomorrow. You could go into that field and maybe you end up realizing that that you like that field, but maybe like a different department or a different thing within that. And it wasn't like you needed a whole 180. You just needed like a 45 degree turn. Mm -hmm. Or maybe you do get into that and then you hate it. And then you can look back and be like, well, at least now I know. I went like, okay, Clay is a perfect example. He got his master's in accounting and he went into it. And even before he was starting the job, he was like, ah. I don't know if I really love this, but he's like, but I'm going to give it a try. I paid for the, I paid for all the schooling and I did study all of this stuff. And, you know, worst case, I'll learn a ton of stuff about accounting and business relations and how to give advice to other people in that realm. And he's given me so much good insight. And now he knows that he at least gave it a try. And I think it's just, it's okay. People have second guesses all the time. People change careers one year in, five years in, 20
2: years in. You're loud. That's fine. You're so loud. And they always say this, but a degree is a degree. Like even if you graduate with something really specific and you know, you went to grad school with that, that can really apply to whatever. Like my dad got like a math teaching degree and now he does like something completely different. He's in sales, you know, like you can really do whatever. And I feel like there's never been a better time with social media to find where those intersects lie. Like maybe you love law. And then maybe you love pop culture. Like you can create a life where you're doing the intersection of law and pop culture and how that like relates to everyone. Like there's truly never been a better time to do what you love. So like Allison said, I think just try it out, make those minor adjustments where it needs to go. And I think you'll find what's your groove with that.
0: Perfect. Well, we hope that helped you guys. And even if those weren't your questions that maybe be related to some part of any of those, or you know a friend that maybe this episode, you need to send them and they need to listen, or you have a sibling, anything like that. We do this WWYBD segment about once a month, and we're going to keep it going because it's a great way to give helpful, longer answer to your guys' questions and make you feel connected that, oh my gosh, this person on the other side of the world is also going through this crazy thing that I'm going through and just help you feel less alone
2: in whatever you may be going through right now. Yes, I like always say you're never alone. Even if you tried to have your own specific, unique problem, there's no way that you could. There's always been someone or is someone who's going through the same thing. So we love you guys. We hope this helped. You are enough. You've got this. Keep trucking along and we'll catch you guys on another episode of Already Friends. Bye.